On the Record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you. It all adds up to the new equation on News Talk. Now, as you will all know, if you haven't been listening, you should have been. Ireland entered World Cup battle next weekend. Uh, the first game of the tournament will be France versus New Zealand next Friday evening. And then Ireland take on Romania, which would be an unusual one. Uh, Romania a good bit down in the rankings, but we'll see how it goes on Saturday. So a lot of focus, is, of course, is going to go on rugby as a sport, as an institution. And of course, is it safe? And the kind of things that go on. And here's a statistic for you. Recent research has shown that a person receives 22.2 concussions per thousand playing hours, playing professional rugby, whatever about the amateur code. And a lot of ex-professional players have been speaking publicly, as you know, about their neurological issues that they've been having since they retired from the sport. And all of this, of course, is going to come into focus as the tournament rolls around. And there is a new book on all this, pulling these themes together and asking where the sports authorities and those who run the game, the administrators and so on, go from here. And that is written by Sam Peter, who is a former rugby player and sports writer. And he's written Concussed Sports Uncomfortable Truth. And it's just out now. And we can talk to him a little bit about it. Good afternoon to you, Sam. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. It's um, great to have you. You are a former uh, winner of the UK Press Gazette's Award and also a runner-up as Rugby Writer of the Year. And you are a former player, which I think makes things quite interesting. Tell us a little bit about, before we get into the book itself, but how you see the tournament itself going. Do you see it being a bit of a bloodbath? We've already seen a fair bit of injuries uh, of some teams in the warm-up games. Keane Healy here, closer in Ireland, that wasn't a concussion, but also uh, England have had a few absences. Do you see this actual tournament as kind of highlighting the whole issue of concussion freshly all over again, do you think? Well, I think, I mean, being injured and being a professional rugby player is, is part and parcel of life. I mean, the concussion and being a professional rugby player is, is part and parcel of your career. So um, there's no doubt there'll be a lot of injuries. There's no doubt there'll be a lot of concussions during the tournament. Um, to, in, to an extent, that's forever been thus with Rugby Union. But the focus of the book really is the change in the game since the game professionalism. Um, the work I believe the authorities did to suppress the story around the severity of the concussion and how the game was changing and the risk profile. So, yeah, absolutely. I think there's going to be a lot of concussions during this tournament, a lot of injuries we've already seen, as you've just hinted at, um, uh, how they're managed and the, the subsequent repercussions is going to be what the big question is, really. Now, there, there is a slight... Um dividing line here between you know one group of players some of whom are taking legal action are saying we didn't know the full risks and the risks weren't properly addressed by the authorities at the time so that's one group of players mm. mainly ex-players Steve Thompson the former England hooker is kind of one of the more prominent ones there then you have a group of players that are currently playing who, who are in a slightly different position in the sense that they certainly know there are risks now whether they're being addressed properly is, is suppose where the debate is but are, are we looking at sort of almost two different groups of players in all of this? I think it's really hard for the current group of players to speak honestly and openly about this. I think, you know, they are currently earning their their salaries, their li- their livelihoods through the professional game. Um, and to speak out too strongly within that structure is incredibly difficult. It's always left in professional sport. Really, you're normally left to former players to, to blow the whistle guys who've recently retired and who are able to speak more honestly who don't have those commercial conflicts um, which ex-players and a lot of a lot of commentators still have so 
um, yeah, I think it's there are there is a divide, and, and also obviously and sadly, which is what I was writing about 10, 11 years ago. We're now seeing some of the repercussions, some of the long-term effects of playing professional rugby um, manifest in this new generation of players who've come through the game, and guys like Steve Thompson who the first group of players to play their entire career as professionals and you know the number of concussions in professional rugby has gone through the roof in the last 30 years and it continues to go to track upwards um and yeah, my point throughout all of this is we should have been acting earlier yeah and also an interesting point you make is is that you one would expect with all the extra precautions that have come in that the number would be reducing but your your book seems to do come down on the idea that because the players are bigger faster fitter etc etc we we should be seeing a reduction, but we actually aren't because the size and the impact, etc. Yeah, I mean, there have been lots of measures taken by rugby authorities to try to reduce the numbers, but they just keep going up. And part of that is obviously because of much better identification. I make that point clearly. People are looking a lot more closely and players are more aware of the symptoms they need to be looking out for. But there's other things within the sport which are clearly problematic, things like training injuries, which are just going up and up and up. And you know, the players are more physical, they're fitter, they're faster and they're stronger than they've ever been at any point in the professional game or the game as a whole. And um, really, we should be seeing the numbers coming down by now and we're not. And that's why we need to have conversations about exposure, reducing training contacts, reducing the number of games these guys play as a direct response to the increased threat. And and obviously we've we've been over this ground a little bit before when we look at the NFL, right? They're kind of a few years ahead of us in terms of rugby. And there was a lot of legal settlements and obviously you had Will Smith in the movie and all of that stuff that happened seven or eight years ago. And there's obviously a lot of legal actions now in rugby. Do you expect the, the shake out of those cases to sort of take us into the, a new direction? Like will world rugby have to make settlements or, or, or like how, how do you see that legal piece kind of resolving itself? Well, uh, sadly, it's got to this point now where, unfortunately, it feels like legal action is the only thing that's really going to drive the sort of radical change. I think radical changes, which lots of us have argued need to happen to kind of rebalance the sport, to put a check and a balance on the sport, which, to my view, having been involved not as a professional player, but playing the game to a reasonably high level um, as as an amateur, and then as a professional reporter looking at the sport, you know, I was far from alone in arguing that the injury risk profile had, had gone way beyond where what had become tolerable. And, um, you know, I think the legal case, it's a real shame that it's got here, but I'm not in any way surprised it's got here. Uh, and I do think probably there's going to need to be some further significant changes to the way that the game is played, but also, as I mentioned, to the exposure that the players are, uh, are given and, and what's demanded of them um, in order to bring back that risk profile into what I would argue would be a more acceptable uh, level um, because it has unquestionably gone up despite what the games authorities Sam, were telling us for a number of years. Which, which, what reforms do you think are most likely? Obviously, there are changes to the way the game is played. Yeah, less mm. use of substitutions. Some people have said cut down the actual length of the game. You know, Some people have mm. said take out players, so like have less players on the pitch so there's more gaps for, for more athletic players, less con- collisions and so on. There's that piece of it. There's the whole HIA part, you know, how do you actually deal with a concussion when it has occurred? From what you're hearing and from talking to regulators and rugby administrators, which way do you think is the most likely sort of direction we're going on in the next few years? Is it very much sort of saying we need to make the game as it's played on the pitch safer or is there other things going on? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think clearly one area you can, you can have an easy win is just to pretty much remove contact training from the sport at the professional level. Um, that's something they've done in, in the NFL more than a decade ago, and it hasn't affected the physicality of the actual matches themselves whatsoever, but it has protected the players from getting beaten up routinely um, during the week. And I think you can also, I, I am a, a believer that the reducing the tackle height will improve things like the risk of second impact syndrome. Um, some of your listeners will be aware of the Benjamin Robinson case from uh, more than a decade ago. Um, second impact syndrome is, is a risk in the sport. And also just things like facial fractures and, and neck injuries can all be reduced, I believe, by re- limiting the or reducing the tackle height. Trot. And then looking at also significantly dropping the amount of games that the top professionals play. And, you know, I've obviously focused a lot on the English game um, where I think there's a uniquely a unique problem. I think the Irish structure is much, much better where the players are essentially funneled upwards to the national team and the national governing body has a, has more control over when the top players play. And therefore there are fewer injuries to the top Irish players compared to the England boys. And, you know, that that's something that's, well, okay, well, actually, um, you, you dropped out, but we're actually going to leave it there because we're just under a bit of pressure of time. But a very interesting book, and of course, comes out at an incredible moment as one of the biggest um, sports, as the biggest tournament in rugby, and all of these things will get an extra focus. But Sam Peter, thank you for joining us. He has that book out called Concussed Sports Uncomfortable Truth, and hopefully the tournament, both for Irish players, but players of all nationalities, come through that tournament better than we expect because there are some rather grim predictions about what it might be like um, because of the pre-season games and what's happened there. Thank you very much for joining us. On the Record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you. It all adds up to the new equation on News Talk.